0: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
1: We continue to monitor the Michigan situation. Waiting for an answer on Jim Harbaugh from the Big Ten on the Michigan program. Any penalties that might be levied against them. For the allegations of a rather detailed sign-stealing scandal, it's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. We are keeping you up to date. Michigan, to our understanding, about to get on the plane and head down to Happy Valley, Penn State. Sounds like Harbaugh is going to be on the plane, according to his attorney, one way or another. But they have not heard yet from the Big Ten. So we will see if we get an answer to this today. Meanwhile... Right now, we welcome in, as we do each and every week at this time, our guy, Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter back from Germany. We will have a special message from an NFL player of German descent in just moments from Jeff after he had quite the <laughs> trip when he was well, rattled. I would use the word assailed at one point, but once again, chill. we'll get to that in just moments, Jeff. Uh, let's start here with Jim Harbaugh because yeah. we all understand that there's been a lot of speculation around him going back to the nfl after this latest issue with the ncaa jeff what is jim harbaugh's reputation around the nfl now after that first huh. stint with the 49ers
2: that's a great question i mean and i would also argue that the rumors about his potential return to the nfl persisted uh well before any of this sign ceiling. it feels True. like every offseason we're having that conversation about him you know It's an interesting reputation as far as I know. And I don't ever want to speak for the whole league or every team because certainly unless you're talking to all 32 owners or 32 GMs or whatever, you don't have a full pulse. But I would still say that everybody I always talk to about Harbaugh, they recognize his talent and his ability to get a lot out of a team and all those motivational factors but I also feel like he comes with a bit of a, like a shelf life um, where it always, I remember with the 49ers, it just got to the point where like everybody, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to make this sound like more than it is, but I think he just wears on people, you know, and whether that's because mm-hmm. he's just relentless, uh, which, you know, is the word he often uses, or if his system is just uh, tiring, he definitely wears on people. So yeah, I don't know that that would be taken into consideration, You know, there's plenty of desperate teams looking for the big splash. uh, And it feels like this year, maybe even more so than usual. So, uh, look, I think he could get a job. Uh, I I think it's just going to have to be the right place at the right time. Who makes sense to you? The Bears, to me. (laughs) I mean, the Bears make the most sense to me, given their current kind of situation. I know they just got that win, but if they have what the number one pick and the number five pick, which is what they're currently slated to have. Do you go into that with a full reset um, with someone who, who has a history of, of building quarterbacks uh, like that would probably to me be the most sensible option to be watching going into the offseason. But certainly, I mean, look, you know, the Raiders are another one that I'm sure we'll talk a lot about. Mark Davis, is the type who would probably love a splashy hire like Harbaugh, um, but but to me, just from a sensibility standpoint, depending on how they finish out, the Bears make a lot of sense.
1: Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter, joining us. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Uh, Jeff, off of last night's game, by the way, the tape of which is already on its way to Canton, uh, who do you, <laughs> what, what is the talk around the NFL about oh, you Bryce Young? Yeah, exactly. About Bryce Young <laughs> compared to C.J. Stroud.
2: I mean, I think we all kind of feel the same thing about that situation right now, right? I mean, I, like, I get it. You're, everybody recognizes exactly what it is. It's just a matter of whether you're willing to say that, um, that Bryce Young deserves more time, you know? I, I think that we obviously see that C.J. Stroud is pretty special. I think all of the concerns about Bryce, not only from a size perspective, but the offensive line that, that was put in place to protect him, that just felt like a like like a nightmare scenario. Um, you know, if you could get past Bryce Young's size, which a lot of people could not, you certainly would want him behind an offensive line that was among the better in the NFL, and that is not the case. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not one. I mean, look, I, I've covered two with Tonga extensively in Miami. Things can change. The only thing I'd say is Frank Reich has such a a, a good history with quarterbacks that it's not exactly like Brian Flores with Tua. Um, it's, it's, I think that might be the most disconcerting thing, is that this seemed like the perfect NFL coaching staff to take on a young talent. So I think we all see it with our eyes. It's just a matter of whether we want to be patient with Bryce or not.
3: You know, speaking of C.J. Stroud, massive game this weekend for the 4-4 and Texans. They're taking on Cincinnati. They'll be without T. Higgins this Bengal mm-hmm. team, I mean, boy, have they rewritten the narrative. Yeah. People talking about shutting down Burrow, the season over, and then of boom. Of
2: course they have.
3: What is it, like four like in a row? When,
2: they're when cooking. are we going to, like, learn when it comes to the Bengals? Like, give them time. The past two years, I, I feel like we continue to sort of disrespect them in the offseason. Um, you know, maybe give them some credit. But always be like, ah, yeah, but they're not going to do that again. And then they start slow for whatever reason, in this case, once again, an injury to Burrow, and then they figure it out. This, is, this, this team has such a, an interesting makeup that they build toward the end of the season, which is what every team tries to do, but the Bengals do the best job of it. So, you know, you mentioned the injuries, uh, somewhat concerning, but as long as they don't just start piling up season-ending injuries, uh, this, is a, this is a team that just feels like they're going to be there again at the end of the season. Jeff
1: Darlington with us, ESPN NFL reporter. Jaguars are saying that Sunday's not a measuring
2: stick game, but, Jeff, how are we going to look oh, at the Jaguars yes, if they beat San Francisco this week? Very much a measuring stick game. Not dissimilar to, honestly, like the, the Dolphins with the Chiefs in Germany. You know, mm. I, I, even going into that, I mean, I think we even talked about it, like, no, not a measuring stick game. Eh, yeah, it kind of was. And that's not to say that the season is in flux as a result of the loss. But I think that when you go up against a powerhouse team that has been there and that has somewhat of a championship pedigree, I know that the 49ers haven't won a championship, but it feels like they've got that pedigree. Those are the games that you feel like you need to win to have confidence once you get into the playoffs. No, this will not make or break the Jaguars' season. But to me, if you beat the 49ers in this game, you feel a lot different, a lot more capable. Um, and, and and I think that y- you can afford to lose, yes, but I just think from a psychological standpoint, you put yourself in a little bit of a different tier when you get big ones like this one.
1: Uh, Jeff, we're, listen, we're all thrilled that you're back home safe. You mentioned Germany uh, yeah. just a few moments yeah. ago. Uh, we had the incident at the live shot where you were uh, assailed uh, across, by a across? couple of people uh, of German descent nearby that were shouting what I would only assume would be German obscenities at you. Uh, and yet, you, you you remained unrattled in that situation. And I'm just glad mm-hmm. you're home safe. I'm just curious yeah. as to uh, your comments after the fact where you really called German kind of an aggressive language. It feels like that might have hit some people the wrong way. Do you think maybe that's where all of that stemmed from?
2: What do you mean? Did I say that before I was... Uh... I was uh, verbally assaulted. Who remembers
1: what was said when? But clearly, uh, some people in the German yeah. community, including yeah. one NFL player, did not particularly care for it. Earlier this week, Jeff, I don't know if you know this, Amon Ross St. Brown, the receiver, outstanding young man for the Detroit yeah. Lions, joined us. He is of German descent. His mother is from Germany. He speaks She's a lovely fluent. woman. Recently, yeah. I recently met her and interviewed her. Really? Well, that's interesting. That's interesting that he would send this message to you in German on this show.
0: Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio.
1: Amon Ra St. Brown of the Lions joining us. Amon Ra, you speak how many languages now?
4: English, French, and German.
1: All right. well, (laughs) let me ask you a couple of questions then based on this. You're familiar with Jeff Darlington, an ESPN NFL reporter? Yes. Jeff was over in Germany covering the game. Some German folks are coming over and starting to yell things at him. Is German an aggressive language? And if not, could you please say in German, Jeff Darlington is a pretty boy?
4: German, it sounds tough. It's not a pleasing language to hear. Like French, it sounds beautiful. And when you hear German, it's kind of like you know, Russian. It sounds aggressive even though sometimes you know, they're not even aggressive as they're speaking. And Jeff Darnton is a pretty boy. Jeff Darnton is, I'm sure not mom.
1: Wow, he said it yeah. in both English and German.
2: Yeah, that was a bit, I, 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 I guess you're trying to say that that's an insult. I personally think that uh, that was quite nice of him.
1: Quite kind. Oh, so you take, you take pretty boy, you're, you're not offended by that in the least.
2: Not even a little bit. Not even a little wow. bit, and not to mention, I think that he not only, not only did he fail to, did he fail to insult me? He validated my point. Well, here's
1: the problem: that audio was set up poorly, and uh, clearly, I have some guys who are not on my team as I'm trying to set up a bit where I make it. As if Amon Ross St. Brown has a major problem with you and the your <laughs> continued continued attack on the one of the true languages of love, I think in German. Yeah, but that's yeah. it's unfortunate. Uh, listen, I, uh, I, if you're I, okay I, with it, I, that's I, it. listen. You do you, Boo. It's all good.
2: Yeah, no, no. I guess uh, yeah. That's interesting. How uh, that must make me very narcissistic that I would take that comment as a uh, compliment. Uh, I think that is quintessential narcissism
1: again that's a word that you used I did not so
2: you uh, know. I, um, I thought, um, uh, somehow Amon Ross St. Brown who uh, like I said I've interviewed extensively in his family as well uh, somehow he made pretty boy sound quite nice in, in uh, German so maybe I do need to rethink this
1: <laughs> once again just happy that you're home safe Jeffrey thank you <laughs> yeah, thank you <laughs> It's Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio Sirius XM Channel 80. i my bad there. I thought it was just the little clip of him calling him a pretty boy. <laughs> and not just the entire explanation where I clearly set it up. You actually made him look quite good in the process. I did. I did. You know what that you know what just happened here? So I talked about getting stalied. Got hand manned. <laughs> <laughs> Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We are awaiting the very latest on Michigan. No indication as of yet from the Big Ten that they have uh, communicated to Michigan that there is any sort of penalty that is coming for Jim Harbaugh, but it is expected early this afternoon one way or another, and we are keeping you updated throughout. So keep it locked in right here. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio, on Sirius XM, channel 80 and just want to remind you friends that we are presented by progressive insurance insurance for motorcycles boats and rvs for protection on the road and on the water see how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and at progressive.com the one thing all michigan defenders are missing in the sign stealing investigation that's next on espn
0: radio this is the carlin versus joe podcast on espn radio
1: It's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply.
5: Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play.
0: Carlin versus Joe. Pizza money alert.
3: Pizza, pizza. Two college football plays for you. Number one, the Tennessee Volunteers minus one and a half over Missouri. This is a spot play here. Missouri had a really tough physical matchup with Georgia last week. Bunch of guys got banged up. Now you got to take on Tennessee, who basically had a walk in a park with a 50-plus point win over UConn last week. Tennessee wants to run the ball. Missouri struggles to defend the run. We're laying the one-and-a-half with the Volunteers. In addition, we're going to go out west, San Jose State, Fresno State. Fresno Open is a three-point favorite. No longer the case. We're going to lay the point with San Jose State here. Three-game winning streak, undervalued, off a of bye week, taking on a Fresno team that I love Fresno State. But each of their last four games has been decided by one score. I wonder how much gas is left in the tank. Quarterback Mikey Keene battling an injury. San Jose State minus one. Tennessee minus one and a half. Your latest two pizza monies. The Big Ten is expected to make a ruling sometime in the upcoming
5: days on whether or not Michigan violated the league's sportsmanship policy. If you all of a sudden suspend Jim Harbaugh without due process, well, what's to say that that doesn't
1: become the standard?
0: The Michigan Wolverines should be banned from the college
1: football playoffs until the investigation is complete. You have to know exactly what Jim Harbaugh was aware of before you levy any type of discipline. You know, this whole, the whole due process thing, I think we're kind of forgetting what due process. Is It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. We are awaiting word from the Big Ten regarding Michigan, regarding Jim Harbaugh. Any potential suspensions or any potential punishment that could be handed down, we will have it for you as this changes literally moment to moment uh, with us here. First of all, let's listen to Heather Dinich on what the potential punishment here could be ESPN's senior college football writer.
6: Last night, Michigan sources indicated to me and my colleague Adam Rittenberg that they had not had any communication with the Big Ten, and also there still had not been any evidence presented to Michigan that Jim Harbaugh knew about any of this, orchestrated any of it, or lied about it. Then, on top of this, the Big Ten, we have learned, has considered the gamut of punishments. Um, Back this weekend, they were thinking about an indefinite suspension, a two-year suspension, something as simple as a public reprimand, something as lofty as a million-dollar fine. Now we're hearing this morning it could be a three-game suspension, which obviously would be significant, and it would start this weekend.
1: Now keep this in mind. If it's more than two games and a $10,000 fine, the Big Ten needs special permission from an executive board composed of many different league reps from kind of every circle of college athletics. Joe, I'm having trouble here um, really mustering up sympathy for Michigan in this moment that due process hasn't taken place. If there is evidence presented to the Big Ten that shows all of this happened and it's strong evidence, that's the Big Ten's own due process. Who says that the Big Ten definitively has to respond with what the NCAA has as their due process? And I'll use this as an example. Michigan tried to circumvent due process earlier this year they gave you the self-imposed three-game suspension of Jim Harbaugh while that entire NCAA investigation is still going on. So they haven't completed their own due process, but they tried to lay out their own punishment to it. So now we're going to accuse everybody else of circumventing due process when Michigan basically tried to do that earlier this year.
3: Not only that... um Has Michigan ever even denied any of this? No. Like They've issued their response, and their response was to point out the fact that everyone else is doing it. So I don't really know if they have a whole lot of room or leg to stand on here in terms of we shouldn't be punished. I I haven't gone through the bylaws of the Big Ten with a fine-tooth comb, but from what I understand, this sportsmanship situation is if you're seen to do what Michigan's done and what Michigan hasn't denied – you're headed for two games, which by the way, this whole ten thousand dollar fine, what is that? That's the buy-in to the world series of poker. Like, what is that? Ten grand? <laughs> like, what's that gonna do to anybody in that situation? No one cares about that. That's an accounting roundup error, right? That's a decibel when we're talking about a school like Michigan. So I don't know about that. I don't you, you don't even bother with that for crying out loud. But here I, I again I just I see this as a rush job. I mean, if they have the evidence and they want to bring down two games, bring it down, but to have Michigan get punished by the Big Ten and then have the NCAA eventually get involved, it just feels so sloppy. Like just get organized, get your facts together, hand down one big sweeping punishment that covers everything it needs to cover, do it justly and move on. It doesn't feel like anyone involved in any of this is trying to do what's right. It doesn't feel like the Big Ten's trying to do what's right. They're just trying to placate the rest of their member organizations, right? They're they're under pressure to make a decision and do something. So it feels like it feels like they're gonna rush something out. Two games and ten thousand dollars. All right, great. I'm gonna tell you what. There's no one in the Big Ten outside of Michigan that's going to be okay with that, and I don't even think Michigan's going to be okay with it. They're going to end up appeasing nobody here.
1: Here's ESPN's college football analyst Desmond Howard this morning. I wonder which way this is going to go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like the NCAA is saying, okay, you can rob the bank if you do it at home and use your computer or a television, like cyber, cyber you know, fraud. But you can't go in person and hand the teller a note and get the money. We don't agree with that process. So you can get the money from the bank, but it's the way you do it. We don't want you going to do it in person, do it at home, behind your laptop or TV, and you can get all the money you can. That's really what we're talking about with this NCAA rule. I'm sorry,
1: I'm sorry, I I can't. I can't with Desmond. I, I respect Desmond Howard, he's a Heisman winner. I I heard that. I'm watching them this morning on Get Up. First of all, it's let's respect due process. Then it's NCAA rules suck. They're wrong. I mean, we're doing everything we can in that spot to defend Michigan, and I, I wouldn't expect any different. And that's okay. That's Desmond's prerogative in this spot. That That's fine. I just can't really take it all that seriously personally. But, Joe, here's the other thing. There's been a lot of this is so unfair to the kids. Joe, if they take Michigan out of the college football playoff, that's unfair to the players. If they punish the program in any way, that to me is unfair to the players. I said this yesterday. Michigan has recruited brilliantly the last four years or so. Okay? And that to me is the single biggest reason why over the last three years they're 34-3. and But when it comes to Jim Harbaugh, This idea that somehow they're going to be a rudderless ship tomorrow if he's not out there. I mean, please. Number one, he's already missed three games this year because of a suspension. So I think they have a pretty good idea of what they're doing if he's not out there. Number two, I guarantee you that Michigan is prepared all week as if they are not going to have Harbaugh tomorrow. So everybody knows what they're doing. There's not going to be confusion on that sideline. So this idea that any of that and the timing of this, oh my God, less than 24 hours away from the game is unfair, is absurd. It's just absurd. So if all of this happens, it happens. But Michigan feels like they are going to blow this up into a much bigger thing than they probably should. And I'm just me here, I'm going to guess that at some point, Michigan is going to start to separate themselves a little bit from Jim Harbaugh if this does get ugly, because I, I don't expect it to be good for him.
3: And on Desmond's point, uh, didn't notice he denied it either. <laughs> like, yeah. There's not a single person affiliated with Michigan who's denying anything.
1: Of course not. Listen, we've been through this. It's not all college football programs are doing something. It's just the degree to which Michigan has openly flouted. And again, Harbaugh's program. I, I, I hesitate to even throw the word Michigan into this because Jim Harbaugh oversees that program. Even if he didn't directly know, he didn't want to directly know about it, he is ultimately the one who's in charge of it. This is... I tell you, the whole thing is just such a mess, and it feels like it's going to get so much worse. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. So what does all of this mean for Michigan when it comes to the college football playoff?
0: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
6: I think we will know sooner than later because Michigan athletic director Ward Manuel is on the college football playoff selection committee and he did not go.
4: I don't understand trying to suspend Jim Harbaugh right now if we don't know that the entire investigation has been completed. If you're taking away an opportunity to play in the postseason for 18, 23-year-old guys who have an eligibility clock that started, they might only get one more shot yeah. to make a run at the national championship. I would fine Jim Harbaugh to death, but I would not punish the players, I would not punish the team.
1: We await the Big Ten's decision, expected to hear something within the next hour or so. Certainly was positioned as early afternoon, East Coast time. It's Carlin versus Joe. ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by our good friends at Progressive Insurance. want to remind you that we've got college football action tomorrow with our guy, Greg McElroy, who tomorrow will be calling Miami at Florida State, 3.30 on ESPN. And he joins us right now, ESPN college football analyst, uh, Greg, Chris Garland, Joe Fortenbaugh, we appreciate it. Let's just start, start here, Greg. I haven't heard your take on this. What is your feeling on what Michigan is being accused of here and how severe of a violation it is?
4: Well, great to be with you guys, and I'm going to to apologize for the music in the background. I was in a primo location until music started a moment ago, so I apologize <laughs> for that, but uh, it's life on the road. It is what it is, I'm afraid. Um, well, first of all, with the Michigan saga, And that's kind of what I'm describing it as. It's a lot of finger-pointing. It's a lot of, well, what about what these people did? What about what that person did? Did this guy act as a lone actor? Uh, I don't know. All I know is that Michigan was given an advantage. Uh, How much the players knew about it, I don't think they knew anything about it. How much did Jim Harbaugh know about it, I have no idea. But I know this, that there's been speculation about basically eliminating their – eligibility for a bowl game and that's i just can't get on board with that i I mean there were a million examples when i was in school where we would try to steal signals from the other team that was almost a weekly occurrence if we saw something we documented it whether it's on tape uh when we were watching the coaches tape you saw a hand signal you documented it so i don't feel like it gives you as much of an advantage as some people have made it out to be but at the same time if they went about it illegally That needs to be documented, and I think taking away a postseason opportunity from a team that has widely been considered the best in college football up to this point of the season would be misguided. So uh, I think they should find Jim Harbaugh. I think they should find Michigan. I think they should take away potential money that they would earn from earning a playoff spot, but I wouldn't take him off the sideline, and I certainly at this point wouldn't punish the players.
3: All right, Carlin's had a very strong opinion on this. I'd like to know what you think. You've played football at the highest level. If the news comes down today that Harbaugh is suspended for the Penn State game, that he can't be on the sideline, how big of an impact does that have for the Wolverines in that matchup?
4: I know where you're going with this, Joe. I'd lay the points. Uh, I still don't care. Hey, now. Uh, look, I I, got a ton of, I have a ton of respect for Penn State. I do. Um, but I saw Penn State play against Ohio State a couple weeks ago, and albeit it was on the road, tough environment, first trip for Drew Aller, their quarterback on the road. Uh, it'll be a lot more friendly when they're at home. But I don't think, I don't think at this point Penn State's on the level of uh, of Ohio State, and I don't think they're on the level of Michigan. I don't even think Ohio State's on the level of Michigan. To be honest with you, with how I've seen that team perform this year, I was looking up a crazy stat, and we all talk right about. Well, you know, Michigan, they've had this advantage and, and they know what the defenses are going to do. Well, I actually looked up how Michigan's performed this year against teams with eight in the box in the run game, which basically means the defense is selling out against the run, right? Like they're all, they know you're running it. They're putting everybody up there along the line of scrimmage to stop the run. Michigan's still averaging four yards a carry. It's one of the best numbers in college football. So they just are executing at a level that's just unheard of. They ran for 418 yards last year against Penn State, and while Penn State's better defensively, I don't think they've closed that gap enough to make me think this game's going to be super competitive down to the wire. And uh, I, think, I think Michigan handles their business on the road. They're the best team, and I think they'll kind of show that to everybody, especially when backed into a corner. I think it could galvanize the group.
1: Greg McElroy joining us, ESPN college football analyst. He's got Miami and Florida State tomorrow, three thirty p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Uh, Greg, the whole thing about not having the head coach for tomorrow, I, I think to me it seems silly to be that upset about it at the moment. Primarily, and please tell me from being inside a program if I'm wrong about this, okay? The idea, number one, they've already been in situations this year where they didn't have him. Number two, I am operating under the assumption that Michigan is prepared all week as if they were not going to have him, and there's not going to be mass hysteria on the sideline with people not knowing what they're doing. So from that standpoint, the timing thing, getting upset about that bothers me as well. What's your take?
4: It, it's really as mud. I, if I were Michigan, all I would want, is a resolution like suspend them. Fine. I don't care. Like whatever you decide to do, I just need to know because the uncertainty to me is more challenging as a player in my preparation than it is just knowing the result. I mean, I I don't like wondering what if, so if they come out and suspend him today, let's just use that. Say they come out in two hours and suspend him. I, as a player, I'm like, great. Now we know, now we know who we're going to be on the field with tomorrow. Fine. Whatever their decision is, I, 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 as a Michigan player, probably wouldn't agree with it. Uh, but at least I know what we're going to have. So I think the unknown is, is the challenging part. But here's the thing about the head coach. And, well, look, the head coach is way more important Sunday to Friday than they are on Saturday. On Saturday, it's more about a comfort and a routine. So basically the only thing that will change for you as a player on Saturday – will be who addresses you before you take the field, who addresses you at halftime right before you go out for the second half, and who calls you up after the game. That's pretty much it. As far as clock management and stuff, it's all analytics now. So you just have a guy that carries a book, and, hey, he goes for it on fourth down. No, you punt here. Hey, we're going to get in two-minute operation here. Hey, we're going to do that. Game management is the one thing that would need to be replaced if Jim Harbaugh's not there. But they've already had three dress rehearsals with that earlier this year. So I don't think him potentially being absent would have any impact on me as a player. Um, and I can't imagine it would have much of an impact on on those guys as a player either.
3: Lose this game, but go on to beat Ohio State and win the Big Ten. What do you think the committee ends up doing? Assuming, let's say, Georgia runs the table, Florida State runs the table, do you think the committee could could use a loss here as an excuse to keep them out just because of everything that's happening off the field?
4: Uh, It's a good question. I, I don't think so, because at the end of the day, uh, I think the committee is tasked with trying to put the four best teams together. And if they beat Ohio State and if they lose this one close and still win the Big Ten, they're a one-loss conference champ, the Big Ten is universally respected. I can't envision a scenario where a one-loss conference champ would be left out. Uh, they lose this one, though, and then ohio they beat Ohio State. There's a three-way tie at the top, and Penn State actually might represent, depending on how things unfold, Penn State might actually represent uh, in the Big Ten title game. So this game obviously carries a lot of weight, uh, which is why I think Michigan will handle their business. So in that roundabout, what if? Uh, yeah, I could see a scenario where Michigan would be left out, but I don't think the committee wants to get into into the weeds about leaving out a team because of what's going on off the field. They keep delegating that to the the NCAA And the college football playoff committee, I can't imagine they would have a real strong hand in this. I think they probably just want to, they don't want to mess up the status quo. The college football playoff committee doesn't want to ruffle a lot of feathers. They don't want to make waves. They just kind of want to put the four best teams in and run their playoff. So I I can't imagine it really having a huge effect on, I'm assuming, the result is tomorrow Way I think it's going to go.
1: Greg, awesome stuff, man. Appreciate a few minutes. Thanks. (laughs) Of course, guys. Thanks for having me. I didn't need him with the whole,
3: uh, oh, with the way this is going to go tomorrow. Eh, Penn State could win.
1: They could win. They could could absolutely win.
3: They won't, but they could. So I don't need his (laughs) his Alabama smugness coming in here to be like, I'm well aware of how this game is going to go. Although I do battle with him regularly on what was Daily Wager, what will now be ESPN Bet Live. We debuted today, ESPN 2, 6 p.m. Eastern. And I'll tell you, he's bested me quite a bit. He's bested me quite a bit.
1: Wow. He's relatively I didn't sharp. I think I would hear you admit that, but okay. Good stuff. He's He's relatively sharp.
3: Well, I, I I opened by taking a <laughs> shot at him and then I brought it all the way around. So we're balanced here. We are fair and balanced. That should be the show. Carlin versus Joe, fair and balanced. No one else is using heard- that, right?
0: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. fresh off their bye weeks. Christian McCaffrey and the San Francisco 49ers head to Jacksonville to face Trevor Lawrence and the AFC South leading Jaguars. Hand off McCaffrey right into the end zone. Touchdown. Coverage begins at noon Eastern with kickoff at 1 Eastern on select ESPN radio stations.
1: Best game of the slate, my opinion this week. I tell you what though, the the discussions that go on off the air during breaks, Joe trying to get answers to question as to who brought the mixed bag of chips. Or what is it? The uh, It's a variety pack? Yeah, there's a big box outside.
3: An there's multiple types of Doritos and Lays. You know what it is. Like, if you have kids yeah. at home and you pack their lunches, people will know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. It's just, it appeared. Giant box yeah. filled with bags of chips. I obviously don't want to grab anything unless I know. You know if that's okay, it's put in a spot where it looks like it's okay, but I'm new here. I haven't spent a lot of time on the Bristol campus. Handman and Wilner have been here for a while. I figure I can ask them, not only just completely ignored at every turn that then when they finally started to listen, handman just gets up and walks out and starts looking at him. He doesn't even bother to answer. He just <laughs> takes the information he's been given and he and he runs with it.
1: Oh hey, chips.
4: Oh, well, I to get some of those <laughs> I didn't know you were asking for permission to have some of the chips. <laughs>
3: No, he's now just trying I see to get everyone. Answers. I see Mikey C yep. out there. I Mikey see C everyone walking to uh, the chips. They're Cam all gonna be gone before group. I can get back out there. I want an answer from somebody on where the chips came from before anyone even touches those chips. Here's what, this I know. Is what
1: happens. Who
3: brought the chips? Where where where, where, where are they from? What happened? Chips? Who brought the chips? Oh, put those back. I see a meeting. Put those back, Mikey C. Here's all I'll say, Joe. Uh it doesn't matter who brought the chips. Yes,
4: it does. You were, you were accurate that that table is for the community.
3: So if you ever see winter's food, getting chips now, or at least this is a on disaster. There. We need to wrap this segment asap. It's fair game.
1: I, but here's I'm get none I, of the I think chips. the one the one question is fair is if you can't get an answer within a certain amount of time, does it even matter at that point? See, I think you're doing the honorable thing by trying to get an answer to the question before you respectfully go and take some chips. If nobody gets you an answer, what are you supposed to do? Not have any?
3: I, I haven't even thought that far
2: ahead. I have an answer to a different question that might help you that's more. That's why you and
1: I—that's why you're not on my level. Go ahead.
2: My <laughs> C said the chips are stale. So I don't have an answer to who brought them, but I have an answer to a different you know
3: question Hold that on. might help you. It's radio. Of course they're stale. Of course there's something wrong with it. Outside of what Christine Lisi makes for everyone, whenever food shows up in a radio department, there's something wrong. It's toxic. It's three days old. You'll get sick from it. That's what we all know in radio. It's it's just understood. You don't say that part out loud.
1: No. You know stale. what Mikey C is? Now I'm more interested in Mikey C. Handman. these are the kind of guys that they will ask somebody like you or me for tickets for something, mm. and then when you get it for them, they'll ask, hey, where are the seats? <laughs> <laughs> They're in the free section, you <laughs> son of a—they're free. <laughs> That's where they are. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. I do wish that I was going to this this Jacksonville-San uh, Francisco game on Sunday because I think it's going to be an absolutely phenomenal game. And uh, Kevin Winter talked to Christian Kirk the other day. Kevin, who, of course, hosts the pre- and post-games on football Sundays on ESPN Radio. And you hear him doing the updates today. Uh, just a little while ago, I talked to Christian Kirk uh, of the Jacksonville Jaguars and asked them, asked him if, in fact, the Jackson are viewing this as a measuring stick stick game
2: i wouldn't say we're viewing it that way uh, obviously they're a great opponent we know they're one of the better opponents in the nfc and you know we're gonna have to match you know their physicality and you know their approach coming into here on sunday but you know for us uh, especially into the back half of the season uh every game is a big game for us and so we're just looking to take that next step and just continue and uh, trying to build what we want to build here and, 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 like I said, just you know, take the next step of the team we want to be.
1: Well, this is he's saying the right things, but it is a measuring stick game, and we are all going to be treating the Jaguars a lot differently on Monday if they beat the 49ers this week.
3: Without a shadow of a doubt, this is one of those games where if you're Jacksonville behind the scenes, you have to be thinking to yourself, wait a minute, we've won five straight. We're cooking with Crisco right now. We took down the Bills in London. We're on top of the division. How come no one's giving us the shine that the the Ravens are getting? You know what? All of a sudden, Cincinnati turns it around. How come we're not getting any of that shine? Everyone loves Miami, but no one's talking about us. Everyone loves the Lions. No one's talking about us. Got to go out and beat somebody. Not saying it's fair. I'm impressed with Jacksonville. They started slow this season, but they have slowly gotten better. That's a sign of a well-coached team. It's a sign of good leadership, good culture. There's a lot to like there. This is one of those games where you can start to announce your presence. Here come the Niners off the bye, just like you. You're a three-point dog at home. It's a measuring stick game, plain and simple, and I hope that in that locker room that's how they see it as well. They should want to measure up. The Jacksonville Jaguars far too long, just an afterthought. Just one of those teams that, at best, is on the periphery. Even last year, no one looks at it as them having beaten the Chargers in the playoff game. Everyone looks at it as, as the Chargers collapsed and gave that game away. Go out but there! But if
1: the Niners, if the Niners lose, they're going to start to look at this like what what's going on here. You know, they're well, I mean, four, four in, in a row, row for the
3: Niners and coming off the bye yeah. and losing that, that's a huge problem. There's big yeah, problems that's a, in San That's Francisco. a major problem. You got to fire everyone major at problem. that point.
1: Well, all right, not that mind. far. Now We're not going to re- go that far. Now you're not being now you're being ridiculous.
3: Okay, so we'll I just mean, it's a problem on. but we're not going to fire everybody. Got it.
1: Well, it's a problem from the standpoint of where you're going this season. You know, Kyle Shanahan, we all treat him like a genius. Well, get over the hump here in some spots where you need to get over the hump. That, that yes, playoffs absolutely. But don't let your team let this spiral out of control on you.
3: It's what it's been like with Shanahan every year. There's always been a down period. Uh, it, it, it's it's very shocking. But if you go through the non-injury disaster years, there's been one of these every year. It's commonplace,
1: yeah. listen. I get it. But this is one that they have to go on the road and get to prove they're for real.
0: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.